Oh yes, it's Friday. Eight days away from UFC 249, just kidding. Oh shit. We almost had some sports to look forward to, but now we don't. And it's 100% the right call, we'll get to that in a second. Welcome to Back to Recover, I am Micah. I am with Brad. Hello Micah, how you doing brother? I am good. Brad is with me virtually. He is recording live from the MWBK studios. I am live from my guest room. How's it going? Yeah, it's pretty good. I just I I'm feeling pretty bad about jumping the gun on that uh that high porn there. But you know, can't win them all. Oh no, you're you're good, buddy. <laughs> you're good. So what's uh, good, man? How you been? How you living? Did you sleep all right last night? Uh, I did sleep okay. Good. I got up, got a got a nice walk with the dog this morning. I've done the same. Uh, God, I've been been walking the dog a lot yeah time on your hands My, also uh, the weather's been quite nice in the mornings because the rain's been knocking the uh, yeah heat it's out like of the 63 air. this morning it's it quite nice. pleasant yeah the mother-in-law sent me a mask that has an emoji a mask uh, emoji yeah well it's a mask with an emoji i an got emoji you mask yeah. yeah it's an emoji what is the emoji? mask oh i get it it's the, the happy it's the orange or the yellow face with the mask on it with the mask on it, on my mask. It's very confusing. You're making a lot of statements wearing that thing around. Did you wear it on your walk? No. <laughs> no. Did I confuse <laughs> you with that question? No, I mean, I almost just lied to the people and told them I did because it's it's really the more responsible it's thing to do. It's the right do. thing to do? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I walked in the neighborhood, gotten pretty good at it. I'm far away from people, I promise. There's nobody else out there. I, we, The dog and I walk like literally in the middle of the road because there's nobody driving. I want to see you in this yeah. mask. I bet you look like Bane. Uh, yes, indeed. You don't know who that yeah. is, but okay, let's continue. Yeah, well, I'm not a nerd. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, uh, so uh, we just finished the first round of the Masters yesterday. We're on to Masters Friday. Uh, what did you think about first round results yesterday, buddy? It's not a funny joke. Oh, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Not good. Did you know that this week is the 25th anniversary of Ben Crenshaw winning the Masters? No. Do you have any recollection of that Masters? Zero victory? recollection. No, you zero. You don't? I don't remember none of it. You're a child. How did the hell were you watching golf when you were like six years well, old, okay. Micah? Here's what I remember. It's the only time uh-huh. I remember my father crying at the result <laughs> of the sporting event. <laughs> ben Crenshaw is his fraternity brother, and he's from Austin. But... For the record, well, your father too, was not your father was not uh, emotionally invested in him that deeply, but maybe he was. He was. Oh, because the father it's like, story. It's like you have no. It, it's weird that you host a golf podcast and you have no no frame of reference of golf history, Brad. Well, earlier in the week, twenty five mm-hmm. years ago, Ben Crenshaw's uh, coach and Tom Kite's coach as well, the legendary Harvey Penick, mm-hmm. the man who wrote the Little Red and Little Green books, uh, the best selling sports books of all time. Okay, uh, died earlier in the week. Crenshaw was not a top player at this point in his career, but somehow went on a miraculous run and won the Masters. That's right. And as soon as he made the putt on 18, he just broke down and started crying. He collapsed and started just crying. And uh, I remember my father doing basically the same. Okay. So Thanks for shaming thanks me. Thanks for being a dick, Brad. How is that a dick? I don't remember something that happened in 1993. You just, you you know, you, you try to call me a big soft bitch, and I'm not going to stand for it. <laughs> okay, I see where this is going. Okay, good. So, uh, shout out to Gentle Ben. 
uh, 96, I think, or maybe it was 95. I think it, might, I think it was 96 because they were, sh- or no, it was 95 because they were showing the 96 Masters, which Tiger won by like 13 strokes yesterday on ESPN. And uh, Ben was like just hanging out in Butler Cabin because I don't even know if he had made the cut the next year. Right. You want to know what I was doing then? I'm ashamed What's to that? say I was rollerblading. Yeah, well, yeah. there you go. That's why I don't know what happened. I what are you going to do? remembers. We should get <laughs> Barry he, on the podcast. I guarantee it. He's got time on his hands. He's retired now. So my, Barry well, is my father, for the record. And Don't uh, we all? Yeah. I, don't we all? He's probably got especially a good amount of time on his hands at the moment. Well, that's that's good. I'm glad. All right. Uh, let's talk about some more recent sports. Okay. Uh, the big headline this morning, and I'll just read the headline from ESPN. The Texans did it again, question mark. Barnwell grades the bizarre Brandon Cooks trade. Uh, the Texans apparently have made another very shady uh, move here. Why don't you tell us I'll what just, the move is first? Well, let me read from the piece because it's pretty funny. In the latest battle of Bill O'Brien versus any conceivable or feasible notion of draft pick value... <laughs> The Houston Texans fired off one of their last remaining selections to not solve their self-created problem, trading for wide receiver Brandon Cooks. Even if Cooks returns to his prior form, the Texans seem to operate in a vacuum in which there is no concept of what the other 31 teams are doing or thinking. This trade is an admission of failure of the Rams. It's a flailing response to failure for the Texans. Mm. Uh, So... Brandon Cooks has traded for a second-round pick to the Texans, which is insane. I don't think uh, that's Raiders, that insane. The Raiders or the the Rams get a second-round pick this year, and a, the Texans get a get Cooks and a 2022 fourth-round pick. Barnwell gives this a B grade for the Rams and a D plus for the Texans. Why is that? Is a second-round pick really that valuable? I guess it is. Yes. Yeah, especially when the Texans get rid of all of their picks, they have nothing. Well, I I mean, do you think? I guess this is the deepest wide receiver draft in like modern history. So there's a chance that they could have gotten a very very high caliber receiver at a very low rookie contract rate. So from that perspective, yeah, it's dumb. But they got rid of DeAndre. Well, he's not he's not on a rookie contract. I know, but they traded away a second round pick, which could have feasibly been a good receiver. Oh, oh, right? yes. So and like, I'm just thinking about this in a vacuum of. Receiver versus yes. receiver quality and the amount of money they're paying these people in salary. Obviously, Cooks is going to be commanding a super high salary. So, I mean, didn't they trade Hopkins? They didn't get a first round pick for Hopkins either, though. They basically just swapped second. I, I'm just so confused by what the Texans are doing. So, does this essentially is. match up that they traded DeAndre Hopkins for Brandon Cooks? Is that kind of how this looks now? I mean, that's sort of what it looks like to me. I don't Not know great. who's more expensive. I don't know how that works, but I know who's better DeAndre Hopkins. There's no doubt about that. Anyways, there, there's a couple of different ways to look at it, but any way you cut it, it kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Unless, I don't know, they don't want to deal with a rookie receiver, but they could pick second with their second-round pick. I mean, apparently this is a very good draft for rookie receivers. Right, exactly. Now, if you really wanted to defend the Texans, you could say that rookies aren't going to practice this year because we're going to be under quarantine and OTAs are going to be uncertain and who knows what happens. It's going to be tougher for rookies to catch up to speed. That may be true, but like by game four, this is going to look, there's going to be a second round uh, receiver who's, who the Texans could have had, who's going to be playing. 
and probably better than Brandon Cooks, to be honest. At least, uh, there, I, that's our, my prediction. By okay, we'll take the first four weeks off. Somebody from week five through the end of the year will have this. Who was drafted in the second round or later will have more production than Brandon Cooks. I I don't think that's that outlandish of a prediction. Not with yeah. the dra- not with the caliber of this draft class. Yeah, if 2020 was such a pressing concern for the Texans, they probably shouldn't have traded away their superstar wide receiver for a second-round pick before using another second-round pick to acquire a less impressive wideout. <laughs> is, this is exactly what I was trying to connect the dots and figure out. If they had Drew Brees or Tom Brady at quarterback, that would be one thing, but the Texans have a 24-year-old Deshaun Watson. They shouldn't be going all-in this season. Yeah, they've got time. Uh, I would agree. Unless, like, they're... They're going all in because, like, J.J. Watt and those guys are getting old. Cooks was one of the most productive receivers in the league from 2015 to 2018, uh, racking up four 1,000-yard seasons with three different teams. Uh, Barnwell says, I've seen people speculate that he isn't a great locker room presence because he's now been traded three times, but Cook appears to be a great teammate by all accounts. Concussions wrecked his 2019 season. Yeah. He was a first-rounder in New Orleans. He had two brain injuries in 25 days last year and has five known concussions across his pro six pro seasons, including the one that knocked him out of the Super Bowl. Yikes. That's some dangerous yeah. stuff, man. Oof. Even with the Rams bearing the initial brunt of the Cooks deal, because the Rams had to pay $4 million to make him go away, the <laughs> Texans are paying him... $47 million over the next four seasons. Only $8 million of that is guaranteed. Uh, the Texans are making this trade expecting to pay Cooks $20 million over the next two seasons. Yeah. there's He's not going to make it more than two more seasons, you wouldn't think. Not at, not at the caliber of receiver that he's being paid as. Quite strange. Quite strange. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. else you got? Uh, well, let me let me wrap this up one more time. Oh, you got we're more. about to talk Fight Island and go through it, but okay. here's some more uh, some more stuff from Barnwell, who's just the best football writer Indeed. there is about is contracts and stuff. In a vacuum, if I told you the Texans replaced DeAndre Hopkins with Cooks, that wouldn't be a disaster. Where this really goes off the rails, though, is another Bill O'Brien mistake, the one non-Cooper wideout to get significant guarantee over the last two years of this draft class is Randall Cobb, who received three years, $27 million, with an $18 million guarantee from Houston. Good Based God. on the rest of the market, Cobb's value was realistically somewhere around one year and $5 million. The Texans will now pay Cobb and Cooks, two guys that are not as good as Hopkins, $38 million over the next two seasons, or an average of $19.4 million a year. Hopkins uh, reportedly won an extension between 18 and 20. Jesus. Uh, I haven't, here's the the best, the biggest killer here. I haven't polled every team, but my suspicion is that about 28 or 29 of the 32 teams would rather pay Hopkins that much money over the next two seasons than they would the combination of Cobbs and Cook. Texans Uh, also still have Will Fuller and Kenny Stills under contract. So Cooks is basically coming in as their fourth wide receiver. No, he's jumping those dudes. Well, I mean, they'll probably cut Stills is what... Uh, Kenny Stills was starting to be pretty good, I thought, last year. He It took him a while to get like inserted into the lineup, but it seems like he started coming around there towards towards the back half of the season. Who knows? We'll see. Well, uh, no more talk about Bill O'Brien. I'm sure people in Houston are ready to burn his house down. I but. think your boy Kuti is the one who's going. 
Well, well, well either way. Yeah. They, that guy looked like he was a player. Yeah. Now, now he's like a fifth round pick. Exactly. Or the fifth. He's like the fifth guy. It's crazy. They have no leverage to trade him because they obviously they can't play him. Like they, they have put themselves in a shitty situation. All right. Speaking of a shitty situation. Okay. Let's talk about Fight Island. The, the only thing that people, the, the the thing that we really, the only thing we need to talk about today. I can't believe we went twelve minutes on how bad the Texans are, but uh, <laughs> okay. We're, we're here's the plan: ten minutes about uh, how terrible Dana White is, and how okay. tone deaf, and how ridiculous he is. All right. Okay. In case you haven't heard, the UFC was planning to do UFC two forty nine April eighteenth, so that's a week from tomorrow, a week from Saturday. Uh, in an undisclosed location, the, the UFC refused to announce where it was. Uh, this was widely reported as an Indian reservation somewhere in California <laughs> uh, that had previously had uh, hosted cage fights. But since it's in it, uh, you know, I'm not an expert on this, but tribal grounds are considered independent nations, even though they're within the United States. So the rules of America, and in this case, California, <laughs> even though this thing is based in California, do not necessarily apply. That's why you can have, you know, that's the reason there are casinos on Indian grounds, right? I'm, I'm with Everybody you. Yeah, following yeah. this? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dana's plan was to have this fight on Indian things because the, the state of California has a shelter-in-place edict as well as the California Athletic Commission has said, like, do not, we're not running cage fights. That's fucking preposterous right now during a pandemic. <laughs> so Dana somehow made a plan to have this fight. And then, of course, the even perhaps even more crazy was the plan to do f- what people are calling Fight Island. Yeah, I was wondering uh, where the island part comes in here. That's a separate thing. So 249 was going to happen at this Indian casino. Okay. Even though the UFC never confirmed that, that's just sort of what has been widely, widely reported. Fight Island was going to be something for international fighters, which apparently Dana is pushing forward with. Okay. Uh, but we'll we'll get to that whole fucking On thing. an undisclosed we'll, island? Yes, another thing that's never going to happen. This it is sounds like, like another, Firefest 2020. Yes, yes, right Firefest. Yeah. Firefest, um, Firefest. I like that. That's marketable. All... So UFC 249, which was, again, scheduled to happen eight days from now, which nothing in the world's happening eight days from now, uh, has been canceled or postponed indefinitely. All other UFC events uh, have been postponed indefinitely as well. I'll read the quote from Dana. Today we got a call from the highest level you can go at Disney and the highest level at ESPN, and the powers there, the powers that be there, ask me to stand down and not do this event next Saturday. This is Dana White tells ESPN's Brett, uh, Brett Akamoto. Uh, ESPN 249 was scheduled to air on ESPN Plus, and as well as pay-per-view, I believe. ESPN has a five-year contract as the exclusive home for UFC fights on its network and pay-per-views. White told ESPN, or White said ESPN told him it didn't want him to do the fight, but he called the partnership strong and said he'll look forward to putting on the next fight on the network. I can go next week, Dana said. So whenever my partner gives me the thumbs up that we're ready to go, I'm ready to go. Mm. Dana is is so incredibly wrong here. And he's continuing to... We'll get to him attacking the media later, which is always hilarious. 
um, which he did more of. Claiming that always, the media. That always really triggers you, but okay. Yeah, yeah. well, he's blaming the media. He is the <laughs> exactly. only person in the world that thinks this is a good idea. Uh, the, do you know how many, 95% of companies in this country are affected in one way or another uh, because of this shutdown. 95% of companies are shut down completely, have no revenue coming in. I want to know one, what 5% are not affected. I, like, well, I can't I mean, imagine the situation. That, there may be 5% that have... There's just no you know, way they're not affected in some form or shape. Sure. Well, I, I'd okay. say 95% in a negative way. Okay, there may be you. 5% of companies that are doing Profiting. a little bit better. But yeah. that's... Right? Everybody yes, out there, you. everybody is feeling this. Exactly. Dana, Dana runs one of these companies. Uh, his company has, has gone to zero revenue all of a sudden because they, they have no product to sell. Their, their product is selling fights, and they have no fights. And I understand that. He's trying to get creative. And Dana White is sort of like notorious for trying to find a solution to any problem and doing whatever it takes, no matter how crazy it seems, to get that done. And, like, you don't get that successful. You don't build a billion-dollar company. I think UFC sold for $4 billion a few years ago mm-hmm. without, you know, being uh, very smart and finding solutions to problems. Savvy. And Dana has obviously done a ton of work to find a solution to this problem. But he didn't stop to ask. Like, it's it was just an insane proposition. Absolutely insane. That that in the middle of a shelter-in-place warning, that they they would do this. Uh, in California, no less. It, it was insane. Yeah, the California Fight Island may insane. be crazier. And so instead of just saying, like, you know what? I tried to salvage it. It's not going to work right now. We're just going to go on hold like everybody else in America until this is clear. Dana f- lashes out at the media and gets mad because things were reported that he didn't like. It's like so what? fucking petulant and childish. Let's see. Do you uh, have any examples? Well, shit. I'll, uh, he when, I didn't mean to put you on the he, spot. I thought you had Dana something. Dana White to told an ESPN reporter. Uh, by the way, Brett Okamoto... Okamoto is basically just like mean Gene Okerlund at this point. Like he just does interviews with Dana and doesn't ask her. He basically just holds a microphone. He doesn't ask any actual questions. Dana okay. is basically operating in the same way and, you know, cover your ears, snowflakes, as our president is that like he only <laughs> he's only dealing with media that's incredibly friendly. And when media isn't incredibly friendly, he lashes out at them. It's the same playbook, and this is a guy who spoke at the Republican National Convention. Like the, He is apt, acting like Trump, and that's okay. I mean, it's his right, it's his company, but it's also my right to just crush him for it. He uh, told a reporter that all of uh, Kevin Draper, who writes for the New York Times, that all of his uh, reporting was, quote, all lies, when in fact all of his reporting was true. Uh, it's It's just, like, you can't blame the media for this. This is a shitty situation. Nobody likes it. And Dana just, he can't accept that. Um, you know, he, he claims his part, he's, I'm ready whenever my partner gives me a thumbs up. Did he really think that people at ESPN or at Disney, who of Disney. course owns ESPN, yeah. are going to stand up and say, yeah, let's just put on cage fights so we can pop a, a decent rating in the middle of this because it's the only sport going on? Like, no one's ag- going to agree to that. The, I don't the quote know, from ESPN, uh, ES, and, and there's more to this, by the way. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Uh, the quote from ESPN, we've been in constant contact with the UFC regarding uh, UFC 249. Nobody wants to see sports return more than we do. 
but we didn't feel this was the right time for a variety of reasons. ESPN expressed its concerns to the UFC, and they understood. A variety of reasons is kind of an understatement. A variety of reasons. Uh, Reporters were... were, We'll get to Fight Island, too, because there's more to say about that. Uh, Yeah, he claimed that he had secure... Dana claimed to secure a location in the U.S. US to host weekly fights for at least the next two months. He told ESPN on Thursday he was ready to go. This at the Taki Palace Casino Resort in California near Fresno. Of course, the California State Athletic Commission has canceled all combat sports through May 31st. But since that casino is situated in tribal lands, the ban did not apply. The casino also did not have to follow an exclusive executive stay-at-home order by the state. Let me ask you something, Uh, Micah. mm -hmm. So, is the reason it's so offensive that they could possibly host a fight and put it on television, is it simply because they're putting on a show and they're doing it for ratings and cash, or is it because of the dangerous effects that could be happening from like the fighters training leading up to it, all of the the background, the the chance that they could be ignoring like shelter and repeat, doing all those things, going out, obviously coming into contact with other fighters as they're training. Those people go out into the world and are then spreading the disease. Like, is it the after? Is it is it the behind the scenes stuff that's so offensive to people, or is it just the fact that they're putting on sports when other businesses can't thrive? Well, there, there's okay. There's a few things. Okay. Or is it something One, else? Cage fights in no way are are uh, essential business. Let's just not pretend that they are. Okay. Like the society will continue without cage fights going on. Two. Combatants are, this is not a tennis match. This is not a golf right. tournament where dudes are far away from it's each other. It's very close combat. These are Exactly. This is very close combat. If one of these fighters has this, the guy who he's fighting with is going to have it, they're going to be surrounded by judges, by Probably. referees, um, by, you know, by corner men. You know, the corner guys are rubbing them down. Like, the, you know, if one guy gets this, it's guaranteed that eight people are going to get it. You know, right. the three guys in his corner, the three guys in the other corner, his opponent, the referee. So if they were That's, to take measures to quarantine everybody involved in the event before, after, like if they did safety measures on that side, safety precautions, would that alleviate your concerns from that perspective? I mean, perhaps, but okay. we don't really know. I was just really curious know. what you thought. I just, this I is mean, just I, a thought I, exercise. You know, as I've said a hundred times, this is a very international sport. There are people from all over the world at the at the UFC level. They're yes. going to go back to their training centers and go train with people. If no, you tell fighters, you. someone you, who's you crazy to enough to fight in the middle it, of a quarantine is not going to stop training with his training partners as soon as it's over. Like that's nobody's going to, to fourteen days. And even if they did, like it's just it's preposterous. And really, the the worst part is like the optics of this. Like we're just going to set up cage fights, even though people aren't allowed to meet and you know assemble See, in any way. But there is like, and I don't in think in the that state of ca- California, a state that's being hit hard by this. Like, even I'm, if you're on Indian lands, they're in the middle of California. Like, right. this is people so aren't allowed think to go about this from do fire anything f- but go to the grocery store. It's crazy. Let's think about this from Fighter Fest Island or whatever it's called. If we'll, we'll if get it to was, Island, yes. So, like, I'm just thinking about this in terms of the preposterous, the the offensive side that you guys are that you're kind of pointing out here that it's it's 
bullshit that they would do this while other people are being ex- expected to shelter in place. At the same time, finding ways to put on entertainment and television and things to help people escape while cage fighting is probably not the best thing to use as an escape because it's violent and probably the low the lowest point on the sports totem pole in terms of whatever <laughs> civilized activity it's still entertainment and an escape from a reality that's kind of gotten dark and there's not a whole lot of there's not a an end in sight and so from that perspective I would like to see them succeed and have something for us to watch. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, I, see, on, I mean, I want to see this fight, but we can see it a month from now. We can see it two months from now. Like, just watch Netflix. It'll be okay. We're, we've got enough to see, to watch. Okay, okay. Uh, now, the, the real reason people think that this may have happened, there's some, some reporting. Uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein of of California, mm-hmm. uh, a longtime United States senator, uh, wrote a letter that said this event would involve dozens of individuals flying to California and driving to a casino for a purpose no one can honestly claim is essential. I understand this event is scheduled to take place on tribal land and therefore not subject to state law. However, at best, this event ties up medical resources and sends a message that shelter-in-place orders can be flouted. I think that's probably the, the thing. At worst, participants and support staff could carry the virus back to their host communities and increase its spread, all of which is true. Indeed. Uh, Dana said, let's see, I don't know when this quote comes from, but he says, all my fighters are under contract with me. I want them to feel safe, take time with your families, and enjoy this time. He said on Thursday, don't worry about the financial part of this. If I was UFC fighter, I would always worry about it because they've proven not to be very good with this uh, for the middle and lower tier guys on their roster. You're going to get the fights in your contract. I'm going to make things right with the people who are willing to step up and fight next weekend on April 18th. I'm going to take care of as many people as I possibly can and do whatever it takes to make these guys feel comfortable, whatever that means. UFC is not legally obligated to pay any fighters during their time off, and they don't. So we'll see how that works. I think that the real, real serious thing that hasn't been mentioned here as a risk is I would imagine after you get your teeth knocked out and you're arm broken and arm bar and your ass beat that your immune system is totally shot and if you were to if you were to contract covid and be in a hospital bed with a broke jaw and all sorts of shit like you might not make it through that you know what i mean like people's bodies are dying of this thing naturally and if you're deal your body's dealing with physical trauma on top of that and obviously that doesn't That'd happen in every fight plus that I could mean, be we, really bad for the ufc if somebody died from fighting right now yeah or if somebody you know, if a fighter is sitting in a hospital bed, and a lot of fighters spend the night in the hospital. Sure. And somebody who has COVID can't get a hospital bed. Like, it's, yeah. like these are real concerns right now. Yeah. This is, it's just a, it's a terrible idea. Um, all right, let's talk Fight Island, another terrible idea. Uh, in addition to the U.S. site, White said earlier this week he had secured a private island where he could conceivably book fights for international athletes who can't get into the United <laughs> States. Is Billy McFarland his partner? remained... He remained adamant the UFC would be the first sports organization back in business. Here's the quote. It's all good. We're going to get through this. We'll be the first ones back. Fight Island is coming. All the good stuff. It's coming, man. We'll get this thing squared away. We'll get a date from ESPN. We'll be back first, and we'll get these fights that everyone wants to see. Like it. Right. They got to spell this thing F-Y-T-R-E. A Fighter Island. Uh, okay. Fight Island will never happen. 
uh, <laughs> for like a thousand reasons, uh, d- despite what Dana says. One, ESPN is not going to condone this. Like, you know, there's also the other thing was there was a uh, a rumor that the, some high ranking politician other than Feinstein reached mm-hmm. out directly to the chairman of C- of Disney, who you know said like you can't do this in my state like this is ridiculous i think it was the right. governor is what i read yesterday uh, <clears throat> who came down like disney's not going to allow them to go to a private island and have a fight <laughs> their partner is disney <laughs> like this is a problem and they can't like and and everyone's right no one would do this fox won't allow this you can, you can't condone a, a flying people from all over the world to a private island to fight like, do you think that private island has uh, a proper hospital, Brad? Probably not. Do you think that this is a good time for uh, medical professionals to be out on a private island instead of, uh, you know, perhaps just from a from an optics standpoint, instead of perhaps, you know, fighting, fighting a worldwide pandemic? Probably not. ESPN like and Disney, the chance of them getting involved in anything that's even remotely questionable is there is zero percent chance. Like they're they have positioned themselves to pres- like to compete with Netflix and all these people with streaming television. They got Disney Plus and they've got their their original video coming out. Like they are in a place where they could not afford to be, have those types of optics. And they uh, there's just no chance they're ever going to back something that's not fully signed off on by America, basically by the public opinion. So go ahead and count that out. I think that's just my opinion, but. I cannot see Disney or ESPN aligning with anything the UFC wants to do in terms of fighting fighting like in the near future. So if that's going to happen, it's going to have to be on a different platform. And I don't know what that does to their partnership or how that works, but I, there's just no chance Disney does this. There's just not. It's insane. It's insane. And they, they wouldn't even do it if it wasn't. That like they're they're going to be overly cautious. Like they're going to be on the farthest side of the spectrum, opposite of Dana White right now. There's just no way that they're going to do anything on a broadcast. It's just such on a the prepos- broadcast. It's party. such a middle finger to all of the uh, to governing <laughs> bodies to to like everybody basically is what Dana's doing. The governing yeah. bodies. He's no, whipping his cock out and putting it on the table. He is because there's money and the and and everyone knows the athletic commissions are going to welcome the UFC back, even if they did this preposterous thing, which they won't. Mm. But if they did this so they could get away from commissions and everything else, it it's still like the commissions are going to take the, the UFC back, even though, you know, they shouldn't if they were if they had any backbone. But like Dana White <laughs> fought for years to get the commissions to start sanctioning UFC because it was it was less barbaric and all this stuff. Like yeah, they, they had out, to overcome <clears throat> the human cockfighting aspect of yeah, their brand. Yeah, a lot of their success is due to like the credibility they have from these these bodies right. at least you know in some way and them just basically just saying like first we're going to go to indian lands where you can't support us <laughs> so fucked up and then they're going to go to a, an island like it's just it's i mean i it's I degrading it. into dana, fight club dana real thinks quick he's fighting against someone and he's gonna they're gonna beat this disease that's not how this works we're gonna wait it out buddy yeah he even said that joe rogan's gonna be there and joe rogan was like i didn't know that <laughs> Joe's like, huh? Yeah, I, Joe's probably he probably just finished eating a pound of mushrooms in his backyard, and he's looking at the trees. And Joe Rogan yeah, really lives out there. It's really something. It's really something. At the same time, all of this being said, I would love to have some entertainment. So there you go. Well, you're not gonna get it. 
I know. I get it, and I'm not <laughs> pushing for it, but I wouldn't be angry if it happened. Um, sorry, buddy. I know. Um, I'm just a big a, dummy, though. Like, our, I'm, I like you know, sports. The, the other sorry. thing that happened about the Fight Island thing is that Dana said that all of the people were going to be tested before and after they fought. Of and course. And all the people that are going to be there, every, every fighter has three guys in their corner, plus you've got judges, plus you've got uh, referees, I can't tell you how much misinformation I've received about this testing and our ability to test and get a any sort of response from the test within a reasonable amount of time. Like, is that possible? Can you get a real-time test? Can you find out within 15 to 20 to 30 minutes if a person has this disease? Like, is that even feasible? There is a, uh, a test out there that has 15-minute results. It's the one they're using okay. at the White House. I don't think uh, the, we, these tests in general are not widely available. Right. So to think that you're going to get, even if you put on, let's say it was an eight-fight card, so that's 16 fighters plus, you know, Staff. What, eight times three for, uh, you know, plus camera guys. Let's say it's 100 people, basically. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to test 200 people. And that's a way people. low end. That's a way yeah. low end. It'd probably you're gonna be You're going to test 200 people, uh, or you're going you're gonna to find a way to, to get 200 tests before and after and use those for a cage fight on an island? Like, it, people would kill the UFC, and they should. And we just did. Hit the music, Brad. Let's get out of here. That was a good one, Micah. Call our hotline, 800-392-6344. 800-392-6344. We'll be back next week, probably. Hopefully there's some sports to talk about. You got anything else, Brad? No, but we're going to find something to talk about. We'll be back, baby. Brad and I are talking uh, Top Chef on Mind of Micah. Check that out. Mm, bye-bye. Thanks for listening.